Hey, I can't believe we're doing this again. Third time's a charm. Is it the third time? I mean, te- yeah, because one, re-record, re-re-record, right? Aaron told me the other day, I told him that we had to do this, and he looks at me and he goes, if it makes you feel any better, honey, have the podcast I listen to start with, and it's the fifth time we're trying oh, to do this. Oh, well, would you look at that? <laughs> so he was like, it's it's not it's not just you guys, it's a normal thing. Yeah, I'm going to inform the people of what the fuck we're talking about, because first of all, hi. Hey. Welcome. This is going to be episode one, and we know that now because this is future Gabby and Meadows. I'm Gabby. This is my voice, so you know. I'm Meadow. This is Ooh, my voice. I'm the just... one with the really loud laugh. But you just sounded like a saxophone operator. Super like, sultry. I'm Meadow. Hi. Thanks for calling. I'm going to send my mom. <laughs> I'm going to send my mom episode one, and she's going to be like, you just that dumb clip. bitch. <laughs> First the nipple piercing and now this. Literally, I'm like, Meadow, we have to wrap this quick because my nipple piercing is fucking infected and I need to go get it checked. Oh, yeah, wait. That's it. That's today. That's what your appointment yeah. is. Does it still hurt? It's, it's a lot better. Oh, thank God. Okay, wait. So tell okay, me so what we're talking about. Basically, here's, here's the tea. We're, we're starting. Uh, listen, we were trying to figure out what episode one was going to be. Meadow and I decided we wanted to have a podcast a year ago and... Yeah, and, and we started recording. We just got excited, right? We're like, we got the equipment. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. We have nothing else to do. So we get excited. We start recording. <laughs> we start recording episodes. This is in what? May? Shit. No, like of 20, like 21? maybe like earlier. April, March or April of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. What year yeah. are we in? That's right. So like March, March or April 2021, <laughs> Meadow and I start recording episodes and we think we're geniuses we've cracked the code we're like we're gonna we're Obviously. gonna record so m- we're gonna bank so many episodes so that when the podcast comes out we can just be like chilling stress-free sitting on episodes yeah. ready here's to go. the issue with that nothing <laughs> was in real time and the point of this is we're learning in real time and we're talking about it with you guys and we want you know it to be yeah obviously we're gonna pre-record but i feel like typically we're gonna pre-record it when it's with guests when it's you and I, I feel right. like we want to give the vibe of like the people are with us at that moment in time. IRL. Exactly. Yeah, this is real time. So a yes. lot happened. A lot has happened, which honestly, it's so funny because it's like original Gabby and Meadow. So we named the, the fucking podcast Thoughts May Vary. And then we recorded a bunch of episodes. And now six months later, we're like, we're like thoughts wow, really do vary. Huh? <laughs> we our thoughts really varied. So we would like to check in and still use some of those episodes, but show you how much our thoughts. Right. Have and so specifically with this episode, <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, what's going to be really fun for us to talk about toxic relationships. We record this <laughs> and we're going in, in May, May. And we're like going off. Right. Like Meadow and I have very two specific relationships mm-hmm. that like. We're defining moments in our lives and, and and shifted our mental health a lot. And and those were two relationships, let's be abundantly clear, that were toxic slash right. abusive. Like in, in different variations. And we will, we in will different, yes. unpack that later in this episode. So stay tuned for that yumminess. <laughs> but what I don't realize is, you know, fast forward to about like a week ago. We're about to launch. I'm like, hey, Meadow can you send me toxic relationship episode like i just want to like hear it back the rage and you know why she wants to hear it back because she's now been broken up with the boyfriend that she was talking about the entire episode long for like three months (laughs) 
<laughs> so basically, I'm the dumbass in the episode, like going on and on. And I'm mainly talking about like the super emotionally abusive ex that was like my ex a while ago. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm just like in such a healthy relationship and going on and on. I've, I've grown, grown so, so much. much. Now I found the love of my life. Like, oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Literally fast forward like a month later, we break up. And not only did we break up, but I realized, like, oh, my God. It was, like, the most rose-colored glasses situation in the entire world. And, like, not to get too much into yeah. that because this isn't, like, a shit-talking podcast, even though, like, Absolutely you know what I mean? Not. But, like, I just – I listened back to the episode, and I was enraged because I sounded like a fucking moron. And while I appreciate that that might be really entertaining for you all to listen to, we even <laughs> tried. We tried again. And I was like, you know yeah. what? Let's keep it. Yeah. Let's let the people hear me sound like an idiot because that's the point of this. We learn. We grow. That's literally the So we recorded the point. an yeah. intro just to be like, hey, future Gabby over here, she got dumped and like. Just so you know, I'm not in that relationship anymore. Yeah, just so you anymore. know, like it was also like hella toxic in its own way. And look at me living. Literally, you're listening to me live through one while I'm talking about yes. toxic relationships, but like have being so fucking oblivious and we recorded it. We recorded the intro and then we listened back and Meta was like, here's the thing. Sound quality sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. We need to talk about and you this know what? again. I'm kind of happy we're doing it again because I literally finished and I would called Meta or I texted Meta and I was like on a scale of one to like, oh my God, how much do a fucking bitch do I sound in this episode? So you know what? I'm glad we're doing it again. We're constantly processing in real time and we're sharing a lot of that. But sometimes we have to come back and make a couple disclaimers. Because here's the we thing. I, what, but we're still yeah, going to share it but with like, you. But like my thing is that when we're recording, I'm just staring at you on a screen. So I feel like I'm on the phone with you. Right. And I forget that this is going into the ether. We let shit fly. I forget that people are going to yeah. listen. No. I know. Me and too. then I'm like, oh oh my god let people get to know me like let me be authentic but then i'm like oh no i this is not okay <laughs> it's too much we're still learning we're learning we're learning what we're comfortable sharing with and that's the thing is we're comfortable sharing a lot oh we're comfortable sharing a shit ton of yeah. stuff and so monitoring like that subtle line that's already pushed pretty high it's just taking a little bit of time listen <laughs> Why don't you explain, why don't, how, why don't you do a little bit of the timeline? So listen, we recorded this episode in May. Today, it's presently October 23rd. We are launching in two days. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we're popping in from the future. This is us. Hey. Hi. Hi. Why don't you tell them a little bit what happened after okay, we Okay, basically this? the point of the story, without me just sounding really annoying and horrible and not, you know what? No, I'm not even going to say that because I deserve no, to feel no. annoying and horrible. Point is, we recorded this the episode that you're about to listen to in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. My birthday is in May of 2021. Now, what had happened was that my birthday had just happened, and uh, to make a we go into to make that a, a lot real long episode, story so. short, like it was a fucking disaster, yeah. and you'll you'll hear about it in the episode. Here's the thing: I stand by what I said in the way that it was a disaster. What I do not stand by. Right. And what, like, literally enraged me, like, every vein in my body was mm-hmm. pulsating to the point that, like, I like I was so angry listening to this episode, Meadow. You have no idea. Like, I was mm-hmm. so pissed. Well, you were texting me about it. It was, like, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm, like, sending Meadow voice notes, like, oh, my God, I fucking hate this. Like, it was, like, <laughs> huffing and puffing and, like, deep breathing. Like, I just... 
I was so pissed listening to this. And like, honestly, I'm really excited for you to like hear me sound like an idiot because I'm like telling the story, which you're going to hear. I'm telling the story of my birthday weekend. And at first I was like, Meadow, just cut the whole thing. Now I'm like, Meadow, just bleep his name. Because it's a good story. I'm sorry. So it's a good story. I'm telling the story of like the mess of my birthday weekend. And then I'm like, at the end, I'm like, ah, but you know, we got basically like I, I it was my 25th birthday. My boyfriend, we had been dating for a year and I was like, I just don't want to plan my birthday. Like I do it every year. I'm the planner always. Everyone expects me to do everything for myself. Can you just fucking handle it? He's like, yeah. And you said, I just want to go to dinner and then like shake my ass. Like, not that hard. Super low key. Not yeah. that hard. Also like whatever. Not that hard. So I'm like, okay, that's what I want. Like I'm not being high maintenance. I just want someone who loves me to fucking plan my birthday because by the way i do that for everyone i love in my life so oh my god literally last weekend was my birthday and you and maddie made me cry like you guys left and i cried because of how loved i felt just so you know so i rage on (laughs) so basically i'm like the the weekend was a mess like he essentially didn't plan anything is you know it, it was very difficult for him to take himself out of his own you know narcissistic little brain for a second and be like how do i do something nice for someone that i love and it was really next to impossible for him so you know the the weekend was a mess it got all put on my friends it got put on me it was stressful it was not fun when it literally could have just been like take me to a fucking lookout and pack me a picnic and obviously all of this is like yeah, it's a birthday, but this was all bringing up shit. It was just, yeah, it was, it was, just, you know what I mean? It's all as a metaphor. Every, as every like <laughs> fight in a relationship is, it's bringing up a lot of yeah. shit. Like there's, there's, there's a deeper yes. reason as to why you're mad. It's never about it's the never birthday. It's never about the birthday. It's always about, it's, it's never, never about the birthday. birthday. So here's the thing. I'm telling the story and you'll hear it. And in the story, I'm saying like, and I know I sound like such a brat. And that's the that was the sentence that I was saying the whole month of May. I was like, why am I getting so mm-hmm. mad about my birthday? Why am I acting so ridiculous? Like, I sound like such an asshole. And then I, I say in the episode something along the lines. And this is where I literally almost threw my phone across the room. I say something along the lines of, but Gabby, like, why are you being such a brat? Like, you should be grateful that somebody is taking time out of their day to plan something for you. And I was like... Um, no, because that's called being in a fucking relationship. When you're in a relationship yeah. of over a year, I shouldn't be when you're in a relationship period with with either your friends, with your family, with anyone that you're choosing to keep in your life, regardless if it's romantic or not. You should not feel this like deep gratitude that I feel like as women, we're just like embedded to fucking feel that like so- when people do the when people are doing minimum, the literal bare worse. minimum. I asked you to like do something for me on my birthday. I didn't ask you to like rent out a fucking stadium. Like, yeah. and I'm sitting there like so grateful. And then it gets worse. So you'll hear that. You'll hear that. And I just want you to remember oh, yeah. this Gabby <laughs> right now in this moment. <laughs> who's acknowledging it? Yeah. Then it gets worse. <laughs> then I'm like talking about what actually happened on my birthday, the day of, which was the biggest fucking mess. Not only did he like, say something so out of pocket on the way to my birthday dinner which you'll (laughs) stay tuned to hear then that evening i come home i'm in tears i'm so upset about like what he had said on the way to dinner because it was so inappropriate period and it's also about about something like completely different like it was just so inappropriate yeah i'm so upset about it i'm like crying and i'm telling you guys the story and then i'm like 
yeah and like you know it was so it ended up being such a gift and i texted Mel that the next day i was like i feel like i just got the best mm-hmm. gift of my 25 years on my birthday mm-hmm. like and i'm talking about that like he ends up like therapizing the shit out of me and i'm sitting there like you know he's just guiding me without knowing he's guiding me and helping me like get to this realization about myself and about like my childhood and i really got to the root of why i was acting so crazy is like basically what i say here's the thing fam <laughs> here's what was actually here's what was happening. actually happening that like you know old gabby that's like recording an episode about toxic relationships and it's like i'm in such a healthy one is not recognizing the fact that she's being manipulated to a point of like no return like i'm sorry you're not guiding me without knowing it you're and whether or not he knows he's being manipulative okay because that's a whole other conversation and again this isn't Mm -hmm. me just like taking a giant shit on my ex because like he's got his own set of things the point is that in that moment in his brain the way that I'm thinking about it is that in his brain, it was impossible that he did something wrong. It was impossible that he let me down. It was impossible that he didn't step up to the plate as a boyfriend. What was possible was that I had some... Was that you were yes, projecting that something. I had some underlying trauma yeah. that I was projecting onto him and it couldn't be him. What happened in your childhood, Gabby, that made you... That makes you react so strongly if plans don't go yeah. through. And then mm-hmm. I open up about it. I get to the root of what mm-hmm. I think it is. And I, I acknowledge, I think, you know, I did get down to something. Because you're the type of person that goes, well, shit, is some of this my accountability? Well, Am I, I psychoanalyze the fuck out of everything. For talking about my birthday. Exactly. So you're going to obviously try to take accountability for your side yeah. of things. But sometimes we take accountability for our side of things, especially as women in relationships when we're actually being fucking manipulated. And that's what was happening. I was taking accountability for something that like in that moment honestly i didn't need to be and so i'm like you know i get to the root of what it is and then i you know unpack all this stuff and then you know fast forward a month later that's what he uses against me when we break up but the point is that (laughs) the reason we're doing this intro and i know it's long and i'm sorry thank you for listening the point is that like I was experiencing a toxic relationship in a different way because I was so conditioned to think because my previous experience with the quote-unquote toxic relationship was super, super emotionally and verbally abusive. So to well, me... Well, so that's the thing is we we get into this in our... Sorry, I completely cut no, off No, no, no. Go, go, go. Um, that's the thing is we get into this in the episode, but even within our episode, we're talking about two other different exes that we've gone through and we still mm-hmm. have to unpack toxic versus abusive and we do right and we do but now we're talking about toxic again and it's different because i feel that was one of the things i wanted to bring up today was i feel like in the same way people now just ubiquitously use the term triggered oh my god i'm so triggered i feel like everyone's like it's toxic you're so toxic and it's like when is behavior that's just like not serving you or bad or maybe not the best idea like that's not always toxic right it's also you know i mean there's different it's pretty subjective but it's also different but like so i just want to be abundantly clear that the ex that you're in love with in this episode is not mm-hmm. abusive no but definitely has some toxic tendencies that we were not recognizing in real time while talking about toxicity yeah yeah and look i you know there was but yes the point is that like i i i had my my toxic radar turned all the way up to abuse so mm-hmm. for me i was like exactly this is healthy this is normal and because I think the that one prior was so much worse. Well, well, no, no, no. It was 
it was abuse like it was it was full abu- emotional yeah. abuse like yeah. it was <laughs> they're not i just the feel weird category. using the word worse no just don't even use worse I mean? it was yeah. like, there were two different relationships it was just exactly exactly you know like they're two different ones yeah i think that like frankly like the ex that i'm the emotionally abusive acts like traumatized me in, in yes. physical like yes like i had physical trauma and we talk about that in the episode but the most recent acts like i'm not traumatized i'm if anything i feel no. like woke no, no, i feel no, no, like no, no, woke no. as fuck over here right i'm like no yeah like i stopped out of that here's what i want you to know too is like it it changes and like it going through a breakup is weird but like that this most recent breakup like i literally it was like rose colors rose colored what am i okay rose (laughs) colored glasses were just taken off like it was like Mm -hmm. a flip switched and you know whatever Mm -hmm. that's not the point the point is just listen to me sound like an idiot also listen you're you're gonna listen to me like basically like air my toxic trait and my really fun toxic Mm -hmm. trait is like i love i i I see men as a project like i literally like literally the guy that i fucking met out at this bar i was like he's definitely an alcoholic i was like i can change it like i literally like i i I see if i well you texted me one thing about them and i was like okay biggest red flag and you're like yep gotta do it sorry and i was like yeah all right (laughs) well because here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing how red is a red flag if you're not oh my god here we go (laughs) tune in in six months when we unpack this intro How red is a red flag if you're not trying to date? That's been literally my motto for the past four months. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Wait, can I say one thing? Yeah. I We didn't talk about this last time, and I think it's interesting. Is like, I also feel like I had rose-colored glasses about him, and I think it's... Oh, you 10 out of 10 did, my friend. <laughs> and, and I think it's like, I want to try to unpack quickly with you, because we haven't really talked about this, this explicitly, of like... Okay what happens when your friend is going through a relationship and like comes through realization because i i loved him i was devastated when you guys broke up you know what i mean like i i was i was heartbroken like you because i was giving him the benefit of the doubt i thought he was the love of your life i was seeing past there was things about him that we all recognize now that we were seeing past at the time but i want to talk about like how friends can support unpacking a toxic relationship because when you went to different friends about this breakup some of them were like yeah we all saw this coming like this this and that some of them were supportive some of them were like i just kind of wanted to yeah hear your thoughts about that process um or maybe talk about like maybe not hear your thoughts but think about like what was helpful helpful and beneficial as a friend yeah that some I of think, us did for you and I what was it yeah i think when your friends go through breakups like you automatically go on the defensive of like fuck them right and while that can be helpful at times it also just really isn't because then you kind of feel like an idiot and that's sort of i think like for me what was really helpful was exactly what you were doing where you were like where are you and i'll meet you there Mm, and i think that's helpful because you don't want to like project a bunch of shit onto your friends like they might not be feeling or again like make them feel like an idiot like that was the biggest Mm -hmm. thing like i i called my sister and like the first thing she said was like well duh we, we yeah. knew this and i i felt while it that's by the way that's the conversation that like flipped the switch in my brain and i was like oh my god you're right mm-hmm. but like it also made me feel like a moron for the next three months of my life exactly so i just think it's about meeting people where they're at gauging checking in with your friends i don't know what do you mm-hmm. think i think it's the exact same i mean that's literally what we say in like social work world everything is just meeting people where they're at 
but then offering like a little bit of like question or perspective or something along the way just to kind of like see where people are I just think it's so interesting because it's obviously even if I were to see something in real time it's like at what level since we're talking about toxic being subjective like at what level as your friend am I allowed to say something or step in not saying that I saw anything at all but just like thinking about this in terms of other people listening and if they are thinking yeah. like oh shit I might have a friend going through this well because you if, said that to me when I told you that people were like oh Doug Abby like we all just figured you would dump him like within the next couple months and figure mm -hmm. it out you were like why the fuck didn't they tell you that's yeah exactly I was like where where was that I didn't think that so where was everyone else talking about that because I was because not on I that think, page I think like like my mom tried to say something about it once and like I got really mad at her yeah so I think, and then and, people and, get scared to lose you well because that's the thing is yeah. they witnessed me go through this horribly abusive relationship in college mm -hmm. and they, my mom watched me pull away for like my mom and I had never exactly. like we never fought really until I was in that relationship and so I think she saw like the damage that she that was possible if she was you know pointing things out mm -hmm. granted that one was way and this is exactly what my sister said she was like it wasn't like it wasn't like the guy in college it wasn't you weren't in danger mm -hmm. so we we like we knew he wasn't gonna like hurt so we let you learn your own lesson yeah but that's fucking hard to hear too because sometimes yeah. it's like but then I don't know. It's, it, I guess, who's to say what's right or wrong? Is it right to let you learn your own lesson? Is it right to try to speak up? Like, it's, remember that Ted Lasso episode? Yeah. When was his name tries to speak up about the girlfriend and then they hug Beard and what's his mm -hmm, name? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just, it's just always interesting to like figure out what levels those are at. And I think obviously everything is gray and everything's unique to the individual and the circumstance. And if something actually is toxic versus abusive and what level of toxicity and yada, yada, yada. But I just kind of wanted to hear what you thought about that. Because you had a lot of different friends that had a lot of different reactions. Yeah. We we, we really ran the game. We really went straight to the T. Yeah, we did. I, go, I told Maddie. I told Maddie. This I entire go, podcast. Literally, I go, Maddie. <laughs> I go, Maddie. Meadow and I are thinking about making our first episode, the Toxic Relationships episode. And she's like, well, you want people to, student to continue to tune in and listen. So checks out. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's like, I see exactly what you're doing and I recognize it. She was like, I love your marketing skills. <laughs> I love too bad. Maddie. Too bad. I'm going to yeah. send this. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Oh, you no. Moments I'm like, Gabby, pull it back. But, like, look, she's dating right now. She's having fun. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing me. And, like, I definitely have people that are like, oh, send me the episode when it comes out. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Listening to me talk about my ex-boyfriends. Oh, God. I'm so excited. This is honestly the perfect episode for us to launch with. What is more chaotic shows how much we change in real time. Shows us literally our first episode is us being like, hey, guess what? We sound like fucking idiots. We were wrong the whole time. Six months later. <laughs> hey, we like, were wrong the whole time. And this is this is going to happen all the time. And this Can't is what wait. we want you guys to sign up for. Because like this is what life actually is. You learn yeah. realizations. We're constantly trying to have hindsight perspective in real time. And sometimes that's wrong because sometimes you need the time to go through it to get that hindsight. And that's the point. And this is and one that's of the okay. reasons I'm so excited about having a podcast because we can literally yeah. like, we can make these updates. Like we can come out with an yes. episode on, you know, whatever topic. And then like in two months be like, <laughs> oh shit, what? we or found like, out so much more like research or met a new perspective or, not or, even, like, or like went like, through my something. My coping mechanisms and... like, oh, exactly. like, this used to work for me. And guess what? Now it now literally it gives me more anxiety or oh. whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Enjoy the episode. <laughs> 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 Thank you for tuning in. We love we you. We love you. This is exciting. Thanks for we being here. We just said we love you at the exact same time. Oh, God, Meta, we are linked. Always.
we're actual soulmates. That's our other problem is that we're so we in sound love like we're in a relationship. Oh, every time Gabby and I do a photo shoot, our one feedback is, "Could you guys stop acting like you're in love?" And then I pl- I showed my mom our intro we're episode. Holding and my hands mom in every call- picture. Literally, <laughs> my mom calls me and she goes, "Yeah, it's abundantly clear that you guys are obsessed with each other. Can you cool it off?" <laughs> like we we look every photo, every photo that Meadow takes or that Meadow takes that Meadow and I take together. Every photo that Meadow and I take together, we look like we're getting engaged. It looks Truly. like it's our engagement. <laughs> so friends are your real soulmates do without what you will yeah enjoy the episode bye <laughs> yeah okay you are now okay welcome back to thoughts may vary i'm gabby this is meadow hey, meadow hi hope you're doing well hope you're not are as we? stressed as we are <laughs> i think i think we uh ended last week a little stressed out and i feel like both of us are coming in yesterday when we were texting we were both like well we know it's gonna be hard but here we go like we're both really yeah. trying to take this new week as a new fresh perspective start mm-hmm. how's that going for you it's been one day how's that going for you? you know not amazingly well but i think it's because <laughs> i took i took friday off and mm-hmm. it was my birthday so well deserved but absolutely I now like I was just drowning in emails yesterday and uh, I just have a lot. I don't know. I was journaling this morning in the journal that you wrote. <laughs> Miss Meadow made an entire journal and thanks. I was writing in it. And the question was like, what are you trying to get done today? Or like, what are you trying to handle today? And I was like, I just want to focus on every single task and be present when I'm completing mm-hmm. every task because I have so many random things to get done today. And I'm thinking about all of them. So I want to just be here right now. We're recording. I want to be thinking about this. Not thinking about what I have to do after, you know. That's also the number one way that I end up procrastinating is I'll be in the middle of a task and then I'll think about all the other tasks I have to do soon, and then it'll distract me from what I'm doing now. And then if I'm distracted, I'm like, well, I should go make more coffee because you're distracted. Like that's the number one way yes. that I don't get shit done. So that was a very nice reminder that I needed. Absolutely, absolutely, Meta. What are you unpacking this week? Oh my god, I'm. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning because I was like oh gosh what am I what's my answer going to be for the pod this week and I haven't told you this yet either so this is fun yeah. uh last week my behaviors were constructively criticized I was given constructive feedback on my behaviors la- more in the last week than I have in like the last two years Mm. And one of them was from a friend that was very well-deserved that I needed to hear that was helpful for me because it was like, oh, now I know this perspective. Like, we know this about, I like, I don't have boundaries and we all know this. And so hearing this be brought up was really helpful for me, whatever, whatever. Right? Like typical stuff that you know about me as well. So that was great. Then I was just given polite feedback from my partner multiple times and then by someone else that wasn't really warranted and then by my partner like three more times to the point where driving back from the beach at being at your house, I looked at him and I was like, I'm just feeling a bit sensitive because I've been critiqued about how I interact with other people more in three days than in two years. So I'm like, I'm going to need you to like reserve these and tell me them later. (laughs) Oh. So it was fine. Like it's all nice things. I just was so sensitive to being given feedback and then that made me go okay so why am i activated right like what what is this bringing Mm -hmm. up in me like what is this weird need to like i guess just quite frankly if we're getting to the root of it just be liked 
by other people. And if I'm not just immediately liked and adored by other people, why am I receiving that so intensely or why is that so activating to me? Um, and I thought about why and I made a big aha moment last night falling asleep that I was going to tell you. What was it? Oh, my God. I made like an inner child. Oh, I know what it was. So I've been tell I've told this story so many times, just like as an, an example of going to Disneyland or why I hate Aladdin, and it's never pieced together for me. But this was like an inner child moment where I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm this so I'm excited going where this is going." <laughs> so when I was five, we went to Disneyland. I want to say roughly around five, four or five, we went to Disneyland, and there was this Aladdin play where like Aladdin came out and the genie or someone else, and you they picked audience participation, picked people from the audience to participate. And mm-hmm. had you dress up and do different things. So I was, I wanted to be picked and they picked me and I was so excited to be included. And they put, they made me wear this mask and I had to be the bad guy. What's his name? Jafar or something. Yeah. And I sat there on stage with them in the mask, just crying because I was <gasps> like, I'm not a bad person. I don't want to be the bad guy. Like I'm really nice. Aww. I promise. And it was like actually traumatizing for me. And I always tell that story as like a funny example of why I hate Aladdin and like have never watched it since. But I had this moment where I was like, oh, shit, is that the stem of like that was a traumatizing experience that I didn't get my needs met and I haven't like thought about that in a healthy way. And like now I'm obsessed with everyone liking me and knowing I'm a good person. And so any small threat to like me having an interaction with someone else that's criticized makes me think like, oh, please don't think I'm a bad person. I wonder if that's all connected. But I'm also in the middle wow. of doing an inner child workshop. So I could be reading mm-hmm. too into it or it could be helpful. I'm not sure. I haven't unpacked it further, but that's that's currently where I'm at. That's really interesting that you're able to loop it all back and like have that very distinct memory from childhood because a lot of people can't do that. Well, what's funny is I've I've talked about that memory so many times, but never within this context. Like truly always just like funny Disneyland story or like, oh, that's why I hate Aladdin. They thought I was a bad guy. Never in like a, oh, this is my need to please people like that. Never fucking clicked with me till last night at midnight. Wow. It kind of makes I mean, sense, though, doesn't it? It makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. That's, oh, I can picture a little baby meadow just crying. But that makes <laughs> that makes total sense where it's like. Right. Even in the even in the work that you do, right? Like you're you're helping others, which is a beautiful thing. But if we're going to turn it on its head and like remember when like someone told your partner like oh good for you for like the work that you do Ooh, yes you know like someone yes. like her partner also works in in social work and and someone was kind of like good for you like mm. <laughs> and and you know if i'm gonna play devil's advocate with you it's like yeah. that's what you do and it's like you're doing great work and and people are gonna constantly be telling you like wow thank you for what you do like you're so good do you know what i mean Oh, totally. So that, oh oh my God, I didn't even think about that. So I literally even seek that out in a career. I mean, I'm not saying that's what, keep doing what you're doing. You're helping millions of people. No, 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 for sure. But it's like, it's like that feedback loop of like, oh, I even found a career, which obviously is built from trauma because I have all the mental health issues in my family anyway, which is why I get into it. But then I also get that (laughs) feedback loop of like, oh, thank you so much for help. Like I, I have that weird, this is a very big like Al-Anon thing. So children of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. or parents with addiction, which my dad was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But I've been looking more and more into like codependence and Al-Anon and all this stuff. And that's one of their things is always 
wanting to fix people, always wanting to save people, always wanting to be the martyr. Mm. And I fully did that in friendships up until high school when I went to therapy. And my therapist was like, okay, let's take a look at this. But I never, it's in my fucking job too. <gasps> this is a very so... good in real time realization for me. I'm glad. I'm going to journal you know, about that's... this when we're done. <laughs> that's interesting. You, you know, it's funny because you know it's true. <laughs> I know. Like, I know you're going to get off here and literally just journal forever. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is that you, you say that you grew up, the way that you grew up impacted you wanting to change people and, like, have sort of control over the situation, maybe because you felt, like, out of control when you were younger Absolutely. or you felt like you could fix your dad or whatever. And it's funny that, like, I have those same control issues, but I don't know where it traces to. Like... I, I'm not sure why I'm so obsessed with being right, which is like what I was unpacking Ooh. this week. I think like, well, there are two main things, but I think like one of them I sort of unpacked and I told you about it and like, yes, put it to bed kind of where I yes. had a fucking breakdown to because I was OK, I'll tell a story. It was a li- Yeah, it was a liberating one. It really yeah, was. Yeah, like it was It was my birthday weekend and I was turning 25. I hate that I just said that. My birthday weekend. It was my birthday. <laughs> it will. Your birthday also was on a Friday and your friends yes. came up for the weekend. Like, no, no, no you're right. not a brat. This makes sense. Okay. So I'm always very used to planning my own birthday and I never have fun because I'm always worried about everybody else. So this year, a couple months in advance, I let you know, I said, hey, it would be amazing if you could sort of take it on. We're still in a pandemic. I know LA is opening up. I know we're all vaccinated, but like it doesn't need to be wild. Just like a couple good friends. friends. If we can dance even better, like, you know, let's see what you can do. And as it approached my birthday, I just became more fucking unbearable by the day because I wanted (laughs) to know I would ask you and Maddie. I would ask you and Maddie questions. I would ask questions like, I think it almost broke us up. I like, did not was, feel like you were unbearable, first of all. Like, he was like, Gabby, get out of my business. Like, you need to stop. Like, do you trust me or not? And I do trust him. And I was just being such a nightmare leading up to it. And I was freaking out that it wasn't going to be fun. And, and like, he was like, you're always trying to control things. Like, it was this constant back and forth. We were also having such a moment in our relationship. Like, we were definitely in a rut. We were working through a lot of stuff. And While also being business partners and trying to work together every day as well, which is a whole other right. dynamic. And it was just like really difficult. There was a lot weighing on the relationship. And finally, it came, it, all of this came to a head on my birthday. And love when that happens. Yeah. And we um, went to dinner, just us two that night. And he had told me that whatever was happening on Saturday basically fell through. And we had got we were on our way to dinner so i was already like okay whatever's happening tomorrow isn't happening like i guess i'm not seeing my friends like whatever well and we had a fun night the night before too we did have a fun night the night before so and mind you this whole time i just am so hyper aware of how absurd i sound like i'm like i sound like such a baby like why am i whining about my birthday like i'm lucky that somebody even wants to like take time out of their day to plan something for me i fully and- cry every birthday so just so you're right. aware. And so That's then, a normal thing. It, it, like, it, okay, so this actually brings up the both things that I was unpacking. So on okay. our way to dinner, this is what it exploded because I'm already frustrated because I had had a lovely day with one of my friends who was in town and he was supposed to borrow my car and he was supposed to pick me up at a certain time to take me home so I could get ready for dinner. Did okay. he do that? 
No. No. So I had to get ready in the car. And I was so annoyed about this because I just wanted to feel pretty. I wanted to look nice. We were the going to a nice restaurant by the beach. The getting ready. Yeah. Like, I just wanted... Like, I wanted to be annoying. I wanted to take a picture with him. Like, I just wanted my time before going to this restaurant. That didn't happen. Sure. This is a beautiful restaurant that we never get to go to. Like, whatever. So we're on our way. I'm already being kind of salty. But then once I get in the car and I'm like, doing my makeup, I'm like, okay, it's fine. We, there's nothing we can do about it. We have 45 minutes in the car together now. So we're in the car. And he's just like, as I literally met him, I'm like putting away my mascara. He's like, are you doing your makeup? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, what? We're 15 minutes away from the restaurant. I'm like, what's up? Basically, like we have been working together trying to launch this business. And he looks at me and was like, I don't think we should be business partners. Like, I don't think we should work together. I think it's weighing too much in our relationship. And I care more about you as my girlfriend than you as my business partner. And it's been hard for me to see you otherwise. Damn. And, and he needed to get that out in the car before even going to the restaurant. That's what so I He said. was feeling I, some type of way too. Right. I was like, you, we, I literally looked at him and I was like, we're going to talk about this right now. Truly. Like, this is the conversation you're choosing to have with me right now. And... And so I didn't take it well. And I got upset, sure. even though I knew it was the right choice. I knew it was sure. right on our relationship. I knew that this was something that we could always circle back to when we're ready as individuals. But in my head, I just felt this like wave of rejection of like, I, why can't I handle it? Why can't I be good enough to be someone's girlfriend and their business partner and be fucking great at both? Because it, it also was like that. 15 minutes before really was the peak of like we had been trying to figure this out all week you and i are secretly talking about mm -hmm. okay so this plan has now changed we're gonna maybe do something else i'm not gonna tell you what it is we're so like it was there just, was yeah. so many there were so many conversations so much emotions yeah. and so much that happened that that was supposed to be the fun dinner for you guys to just take a beat to be together so even though he this whole time feels like he's waiting to finally have that beat with you you were like okay that was the straw that just broke my back right this is my so one then reprieve yeah. right so then like we're i was like we're really talking about this now he's like i have to talk about it now like he was being very nice about it but whatever sure so we're like arguing about this we sit at dinner in fucking silence pretty much Ooh. and then when we get home <laughs> we look like such assholes we're sitting in the middle of nobu everyone's like i, I could tell people were looking at us because we just looked like fucking angry the guy's like do you want to know the specials and i'm like fuck you so special <laughs> my ass you know what's special this fucking birthday literally they bring me a fucking cake i look at no said, if you i said if you dare start singing if you <laughs> fucking dare <laughs> just, in the background so, someone puts on madonna's it's my party i could cry if i want to you're I, just screaming at each other like i was so it's like mad. a gorgeous beach like sunset literally. gorgeous moment no literally everyone's no, that's here to like vacation like oh let's go to this res bougie restaurant we're in town you guys are just like yelling at each other no like i was so, so mad funny. so we go home we go home in silence i'm looking at the window single tear just like rolling down my for face. sure for sure and then we get back to my apartment and he's like i'm gonna step out for a minute and i'm like okay and then he's like i'm gonna hang out with aaron which is so funny i feel like he maybe was trying to make something else happen for your birthday no like, he, he told call me us no he, he, call told me he was gonna he told me he was gonna call him from the car i think he was going to pick something up and then was also gonna like call aaron to vent oh i think that was the plan okay. Okay. so i was like i literally was like i <laughs> cannot believe that you are literally leaving me on my fucking birthday after the most miserable dinner of our lives and then we start unpacking it. We start fighting. Also, fighting is not actually us fighting, but I was like upset. Oh, I, like, it's like social crying. worker fighting. 
Yeah. Fighting is just like, what, what, why is this activating you? What is this bringing up? Let's work through it. Yeah, of course. So like, he's totally therapizing me in the way of like, just asking me very like specific questions to like almost guide me without like knowing he's even doing it. And basically long story short, like I finally break down when I'm talking break. I'm talking like, I haven't cried like this in years of like, (gasps) like couldn't breathe like in his arms. And I'm just like sobbing about the fact that like, I finally got to the root of why I was being such a nightmare around my birthday. And it was because I have never felt like anyone has taken care of me. And I'm not saying that like Mm. my parents didn't growing up and like I have very loving, I have a loving family and everything like that. It's just when it comes to at least romantic relationships and friendships, I Mm -hmm. always was the one deemed the planner everyone was like gabby knows how to do it well i used to i would plan my friend's birthday dinners i would plan your logistics girl yeah and no one ever did it for me and it just mm. always made me feel like i was like the disposable friend and it always made me right. feel like in my relationship you're here to least, work it out for everyone else but yeah. we don't have the energy to work it out for you right and it just always made yeah. me feel really shitty and then that was that was in terms of friendships and then like in terms of my romantic relationships, it was just like, I always, I never felt safe. So mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to take care of myself. And I literally like a child was like in his arms being like, I need you to take care of me. Like I, oh, I need to feel, totally. I just, I need to, and, and, and he will, and he does. And like, I do mm-hmm. feel safe with him. I just hadn't had that moment of like, I feel the need to control because I don't think anybody loves me enough to actually do something that would make me happy does that make sense you, oh absolutely and it, it was just that moment you needed you needed to talk it out loud to label and make sense of all these weird like energetic and emotional feelings you had been feeling for so long that you were aware of in the moment as you were going through them but you didn't have enough time or space or energy because we were still figuring it out mm-hmm. to figure out why you were feeling this way like that was the yeah. first second you had to be like, no, I need to actually have a conversation about this because I realize that I'm feeling some type of way that I don't But I realized be. it. I realized it in real time. Like, right, I, right, I had right, never right. gotten to the root of that because I was like, why am I being so ridiculous about this? It's a fucking birthday. Don't you hate that when you're hyper aware? Like, as you're in the behaviors, you're fully aware. Like, oh, I'm, I'm being an asshole right now, but I can't, I can't, I can't stop. stop. Like, that happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting and like it it was just interesting to connect all of the dots of like the way that I felt in my friendships and the way that I had felt in, in relationships that like just made me feel like nobody would ever care enough to take care of me, which is a learned behavior, which is yeah. a gorgeous segue to well, it is today's a gorgeous topic. Segue. <laughs> but I, I want to tie this with a bow because you did say, at least to me, that that finally having that moment was the liberation that then you were great from then on out like i you feel oh like yeah you like sense we, of your thing and it was liberating for you mm-hmm. Is that correct? it was very yes i was very much like thank you for helping me get here and then he was very like it was all you like <laughs> <laughs> just him. so nice yeah. about it but it was it definitely was a very liberating moment i think it sort of released the tension that we had been holding on to even though it wasn't necessarily about the other stuff that we were been you know that was circling our thoughts that week it definitely was just a way of like releasing it being like i love you you love me i got you you've got me like we can it was the root problem 
Like you finally, yeah. you were up here all week and then you finally addressed the root problem and it was like, ugh, like just like a deep exhale. Right. So it was definitely, it was definitely great and much needed. And I was like, wow, what started off me thinking was going to be the worst birthday of my life was honestly like, what a gift. Like that was really cool. I got to learn something new about myself and you got to understand me deeper too. And the reason, I it's kind of like what we said with you unpacking last week, like you were, you're in the space where you do have the friends and the partner that do care mm -hmm. about you this much and want to do this for you. And that allows you to make this realization like, oh, the reason why I'm so conflicted with this whole process is because I've never had this process happen to me. And like, I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just tricky to go through because it's not to say that like my friends are bad people or are like, oh no, not good. It's just, we were young and like everyone has their own shit going on. And I think it was a learned behavior on their end too, of like, they knew that I took care of stuff. So they were just like, eh, she'll plan it herself because she'll like what she does better than what we do. But it was just, you know what I mean? Anyway. For sure. For sure. That's what I Well, this really is that that is a beautiful let's segue that into why you've never felt like that before. What have your past <laughs> relationships looks like, Gabby? <laughs> yes. So today, Meadow and I are gonna be talking about something that we talk about probably every single day of our yeah. lives since we became friends and something that I love talking to people about because I think it's deeply important. We're talking about toxic relationships. So, I'm going to define a toxic relationship to you. Dr. Lillian Glass. She apparently coined this term in 1995. She wrote okay. the book Toxic People. She says that a toxic relationship is any relationship between people who do not support each other, where there's conflict, competition, disrespect, and a lack of cohesiveness. So, this can be romantic, in family your coworkers, your friends. Mm -hmm. It can be any sort of relationship. I do want to point out, though, that, and this is something that I learned, too. I knew that there was always a difference between a toxic relationship and an emotionally abusive relationship, but I would sometimes use them interchangeably, and I want to point out that that's incorrect. And so we definitely want to emphasize that a toxic relationship is different from abuse. In an abusive dynamic, there's always a person who tries to get control of the other one, whether it's like through psychological means or physical violence, verbal abuse some combination of the above sexual abuse so abusive relationships they're always 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 the fault of the abuser never the victim's fault whereas in a toxic relationship you can sort of both be playing into this toxicity and both parties can sort of be contributing to that so i want to make sure that that's super clear that it's different and i want to stop using them pretty interchangeably because i know i was in an emotionally abusive relationship which was also a toxic relationship. And so I think that that's what confused me in the past is because I knew that I played into it in some parts, but there are some parts where I'm like, no, this was abuse. So it's always been deeply confusing for me how to like categorize that relationship in my head and how to talk about it and how to take responsibility for my part, but still allow myself to sort of surrender to be like, no, I was definitely a victim in certain situations. It's, it's confusing when they're both in there you know oh absolutely i was just gonna ask you the same thing was that's already making that distinction of course at some point in time you realize what was i calling in what behaviors made me like mm -hmm. accept that this relationship happened but mine feels very similar to yours where i try to analyze my behavior to say okay it takes two to tango like at what point was i doing behaviors that i don't like or what got me into the situation but at other points it was emotionally and physically abusive and that's not a question so it's exactly. hard because there is that overlap too 
Mm-hmm. So how it's would you define? Tricky. So now you're saying that you want to call you and I each before our current partners. Now, our previous partners were toxic slash abusive. So how how do you, do you, do you call it both now? Like what 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 label do you prefer? Is my question, I guess. Um, I don't know because I don't know either. I I think I think the more I unpack it, the more I label it emotionally abusive. Mm. because I sort of, I did, I did my piece in owning my side of it, which we'll talk about later because owning my side of it helped me get out of it in a way. Oh, totally. But there was just so like, okay, so I was looking up like what the definition of an emotionally abusive relationship was. And what I found was that it's like, these are some of the things, some of the things that it says. It says if you're engaging in an emotionally abusive behavior you're using nasty language or cruel language intentionally putting your partner down to humiliate them play on their vulnerabilities or degrade their identity frequently explode in anger or rage um and then it says of course if you ever physically or sexually assault your partner that isn't toxic that's abusive um i found this all on talk space by the way okay so i don't, I don't know i think i just these days say emotionally abusive because it was you know mm-hmm. and it's like does mm-hmm. one trump the other like i don't what do you right. say well hearing what you just read mine was abuse because i had yeah. the sexual aspect i had the physical aspect and i had the emotional aspect and they weren't yeah. all the time you know mm-hmm. there was things That's that were confusing. subtle they didn't happen right away and i know we'll get into all that which is why it's confusing but hearing that read back to me i was like i was in an abusive relationship what's interesting about abusive relationships and you know I, 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 it's so, this plays into like my weird guilt of even labeling. Yeah. It's like of even labeling it because I know that like you and I have talked about this a lot where like, and I feel like this, even with like talking about mental health, because I don't have a diagnosed illness. Like I know like people have it worse than me. And that's how I feel when I talk about that relationship is like, I feel lucky that he never physically abused me. And I sometimes allow that to downplay the emotional abuse and what came which to is not fair recently, to you in your experience right and the sexual abuse that came with that which oh. is something that I've never even like said out loud yeah so I just I feel like yeah I just always have this weird guilt that because he was never physically abusive with me I like can't say that I was in an emotionally abusive relationship you know what I mean and like What's so fucked up about it is that there's so many things that come to light like every day, like especially now that I'm really working through it in therapy, like I had never talked about the sexual trauma that was left from that relationship mm-hmm. until now, until my body physically remembers when certain things happen with now or just like unpacking it and saying certain things out loud. And my therapist looks at me with this face of like, ma'am. You know, like that, that mm-hmm. there's sexual abuse trickled in there. But it's, mm-hmm. I've always downplayed the relationship in my head. And when I talk about it to others, like I just joke about it and I'm like, oh, haha, like, I don't know. I've just always, do you find that you do that and you feel like you have this weird guilt surrounding it of like you're lying almost when you talk about oh, it? Constantly. And I think, I think that happened a lot when I first got out of it, especially because I had the dynamic of 
oh, you work in mental health. You've had friends that have been in relationships that have looked like this and you tried to help them get out of that experience. And now you are in one. Like, how stupid are you? Like, that's where my head mm-hmm. went. Was like, you work in this field and you couldn't recognize this and you stayed until it got this bad. And then you were, you stayed after it got bad. So that that's my guilt comes in from that angle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, because it, it, it is so tricky. Like, a toxic relationship and, and emotional abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse, like they all, they sort of trickle into one another. And I feel like they mm-hmm. all start with the toxic relationship, which is why I think it's so valuable to like, I mean, I could be wrong saying that, but that's just my interpretation of like reading about it and, and reading definitions and things like that is like, I feel like it starts with these messed up toxic behaviors that we overlook and then we're just like Want, fucking find ourselves in abusive ones later because how long have right. we have been okay with the toxic ones got right it, got it got it okay so, so that's why for the majority of this we are going to talk from the toxic perspective because we can speak on that more than just romantic as well mm-hmm. yeah toxic relationships can have to do with your friends i've definitely been in toxic situations with friends with Absolutely. family members co-workers like it applies to literally everything and so we just want to make sure that we're addressing those things and and talking about the warning signs for you guys because like we said we've both been in some sort of abusive relationship and that's a whole other ball game you know so yeah i think it's so important for people to recognize these warning signs and to understand how to get out of these situations because you'll recognize things a lot quicker so i put it on a list of some of the warning signs that Let's I... Let's run through them. Okay. They're obviously endless. Oh, of course. But these are the, some of the main ones. Okay. Well, number one, you give, but you never receive. Ah, that's... Okay. I'm, I'm tangent starting now. I <laughs> went to therapy. I'm not kidding. I started therapy when I was 17 because my older brother had died by suicide then my dad died my younger brother got sent to an out-of-state lockdown facility my grandma like too much had happened and I was like you know what like I think my other friend goes to therapy and I don't really know if she's been through all this so like maybe I should try it I went in for what I thought was going to be unpacking my father dying and all this shit that was happening to me and we worked on the fact that every relationship in my life was I was giving 80 and receiving 20 for about two and a half years like mm. that's that was her main focus. That was where my problems were. That's what I inevitably ended up working through the whole time. Please keep going. No, but that's I'm a gonna good thing I'm to... gonna have a tangent about every one of these. Points. That's that's <laughs> completely fair. And that I like that you pointed out in that one, by the way, what you were contributing because when you and this is a point that we'll get to later. But when you stop these behaviors, when you stop, when you own your part and you have accountability for you part your part and you stop your own behaviors, that other person has no one to argue with. Like they've, there's nothing else there, you know? So if you all of a sudden just start actually giving 50-50, that person's going to have to step it up or have to, they're going to have to leave. And Regardless really of the relationship. Hard for me. Oh, yeah. And that was really hard for me at first because my therapist warned me of that. She was like, just so you know, as you start redefining boundaries that are healthy for yourself and start adjusting that, you're going to have relationships that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what mm-hmm. it's been like for the past 10 years. Who said you get to change this now? And I right. definitely felt some of that feedback. Right. Right. There you go. Number two. Keep going. Lack of yeah. trust. Mm. Lack of trust. It's clear cut. We know it. This isn't like you're cheating on them and they have a hunch. No. This is like you've done nothing 
wrong <laughs> and you're being accused left right and center okay isn't Feeling- that a thing oh i'm sorry i have a question isn't that a thing that uh have you heard this before when people say i don't know if this is a wives tale or how true this is at all but i just remember people saying if you are not acting sketchy and all of a sudden your partner is super untrusting of you about cheating they're doing something wrong they're they're cheating well, yeah. I remember that being a thing in like high school and college. People would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and I saw that in friendships too, where like friends were exhibiting certain behaviors and then they would somehow project it on me. And I'm like, you're doing that, not me. And I've mm-hmm. definitely done that to people where I was acting some type of way and assumed everybody else around me was acting that same way. So then I got like... Oh, I fully have done that. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Feeling isolated. This is an interesting one that I feel like a lot of people look past because especially when you're in the beginning of a friendship or a relationship, like you want to spend all your time together and you're like Mm. besties and you're doing everything together and all of this. But that's like this sort of isolating thing of like, we don't want you to spend time with anybody else. Why are you only hanging out with me? And then that, because I want to pull it out sort of from romantic and just allow people Mm -hmm. to see from the friendship perspective. And like, at least with friends, that's when it gets super dangerous in terms of like, if you make plans and that person isn't invited, it's like, why am I not there? Especially as adults. Like, I get when that crap happens when you're younger. But, like, when you're an adult, like, what are you doing? We're in our mid to late 20s. Like, oh, God. That's what this feels like. I I haven't had to deal with this for a minute. I am not going back to this. Yeah, no. Get out of my face. If someone is ever trying to do that to you, like, or, or not understanding why they're not invited to everything or, you know, why you're not attached at the hip, like, that just grow up. Like, look inwards, sir. Especially when people have so much going on this past year has been so hard i love how i think you were the first person to say this to me that was if i have a friend that i don't talk to for two weeks like i don't give a shit they're doing their thing like that doesn't i don't need you to check in with me every single day for two weeks even as a Mm -hmm. friend remember when we were talking about this because you and i will go through little anxiety bouts where we like to retreat and need those few days and then could come out the other end and be like hey coming out of my depression hole what's up how are you and no hard feel like I never mm-hmm. expect you to text me back on time, to call me by a certain time. You know, it's just no expectations. Keep going. No expectations. This okay, this one's my favorite one because I feel like it's the root Ooh. of all of it. Excessive insecurity. <laughs> I am the first one to say that I think insecurity is the cause of like every other one of these behaviors. I, I would agree. Because if, if you're not certain in yourself, you're just assuming shit about people all the time. And you're trying and to hold on level, to them and yeah mm. Mm. there's a level developmentally that this makes sense right so like with, when we were in high school and college there's a level about sure you're not going to have a full picture of who you are but when you hold on to insecurities that you become so obsessive with that you then have to control or project on other people like you cannot know who you are and cope with those insecurities in a way that does not need to come into these behaviors Exactly. Because think about it. Like, I'm reading off the list now, like, constant jealousy, resentment, anger, manipulative behavior, lack of support, like, nonstop narcissism. Like, this is all coming from being insecure. Absolutely. And lack of support is one that I want to talk about, too, because I think nowadays we're living in this world of, like, women always supporting women. And, like, if you're not, like, it's the popular thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was like we were always pitted against each other. And so that's definitely something that I've felt where it's like, are you just saying nice things to me because you think it's popular or are you actually supporting me because you support me? And that was always something that like I saw in my relationship was like, 
if I ever, when I was, we were in college when we were dating, whenever I would get a summer internship in New York and he wasn't in New York, it was never congratulations. It was, I can't believe you're choosing to spend time away from me. Like, what are you doing? Ooh. Like, I never like, once got I'm a I'm bettering myself and my career and my life? Yeah. Question mark? Wait, and so it's what? like that lack of support of like the lack of like wanting you to get better and to and, and to grow mm. because they're scared that you're going to grow away from them instead of growing with them. Oh, what a gross. And feeling. that can be applied to everything. Like think about like in work situations. Absolutely. Like when your colleagues are jealous if you're getting promoted or you're going to a different company or whatever it is like that, that lack of support is and I've seen that with people where I'll like get jealous of something and then I have to circle back and be like okay Gabby why are you getting jealous why are you projecting whatever it is that you're projecting onto this person instead of just genuinely being happy for them Mm -hmm. and then the other side of this is when you're a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and people do that projection jealousy and even if they don't mean it you know just like those little shorthanded comments just to throw that in there I will then hyper obsess and think about those and go over abundantly out of my way to play down my move to act like my promotion isn't that good to act like oh you know i'm just like to make excuses for why i'm doing mm-hmm. what i'm doing because now i've I, in order to please you i want to show you that i'm not actually as happy for myself as i said i was because now you're showing me you're jealous of it so i need to tone it down so that you're not jealous so i appease to you so you feel comfortable yes <laughs> right yeah okay keep going yeah okay next one i have here is control issues and i mean this just like plays into everything i think if someone's trying to control you there's an insecurity a lot of these are also rooted in just like a lack of empathy Mm. which isn't as fun for me to think about like i i think it's more fun where i'm like no but you're just deeply insecure that's why you're doing all this stuff to me instead of being like you might be like chemically imbalanced in a way (laughs) although i've read that you can be taught empathy you will think about neuroplasticity. If we can form new neural pathways in our head to like learn mm-hmm. new things and new behaviors, we absolutely, mm-hmm. I think we can learn empathy to a certain extent. I actually, another tangent, found a new chick on YouTube recently that is a, she's a diagnosis, diagnosis, Jesus, <laughs> I need a coffee. <laughs> she has a diagnosis of narcissism and sociopathy. I believe oh, wow. and she was making lots of YouTube videos to shed light and share behaviors and say things like many of us can use this as an excuse to harm and hurt and harm other people but I think us as narcissists and sociopaths can actually learn more about our behaviors to recognize how we affect others and how she calls them neurotypicals like people that wow. don't have those diagnoses, how neurotypicals will respond and how we end up hurting them. And we can be aware of our behaviors in a way where we don't have to hurt them, even if we can't necessarily fix our levels of empathy. Very cool stuff. Wait, you got to send that to me. That's that's really interesting. That's something that I was talking about with my therapist where she was like, because I was talking to her about like the guilt that I felt and then also this like compassion that I was trying to feel for my ex where I was like, you know, mm. he definitely has mental health issues. He's definitely depressed. Like he definitely was an anxious person. Like there were definitely, so, he was deeply insecure. There were definitely so many things that played into why he did what he did. And she was looked at me like dead in the eye and was like, there is a difference because you can have compassion. She's like, there is a difference between having compassion for a person and accepting their behavior like you don't have they're not like you don't need to do that they're not mutually exclusive like you 
you do not just because you have compassion for the person does not need to mean you need to well i can't talk just because you have compassion for that person does not mean you have to accept any of their behaviors and i was wrapping that in guilt of like gabby have more compassion for him understand where he's coming from more and i, I need, with people i need to time. take a second to write that down because i literally think we need to make have you ever seen marie forleo she makes like tweetables like something she said in her thing mm. that, like that was Mm-mm. that was like an affirmation in and of itself i'm literally writing that down so we don't forget I, no i remember i remind myself of that all of the time all of the time that like compassion does not equate guilt and acceptance i think it's valuable to point out that all relationships in some capacity realistically will have like a tinge of drama in them you know but when it starts that's why i think people are like is it toxic is it not toxic like how do i understand where it's coming from i think if if a relationship is starting to take more of your energy than it's giving to you it's time to reevaluate like just continue to ask yourself is this relationship taking more than it's giving because that's when people don't know whether it's toxic or not and like this is why i think this this episode is important because there were so many moments in my relationship where I had no idea I was in a toxic relationship or in a toxic friendship until I said it out loud to somebody else and they were like, yo, that's not normal. That's wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? I think for me, whether it is, once again, coworkers, friend, partner, the root of everything is communication. Like I'm that girl that needs to over communicate and and make sure I understand and make sure I feel listened to. I want to work everything out with my words. I want to talk. So I think that's another good warning sign if you feel some type of way about boundary setting or what's going on or the dynamics in this and that. And you try to bring it up in a conversation where it is not received well, it's turned and pinned against you. If mm-hmm. if, if you try to have an honest conversation about these issues, you will get emotional and like energetic cues as to where the other person's at in terms of owning their side of it and also expressing how they feel and trying to move on or continuing to engage in behaviors where you're like okay so i i thought i was feeling a certain type of way i tried to bring it up healthily i tried to own my side but also bring up things that i wasn't feeling great about and when you're just met with constant resistance in whatever form that looks like you're gonna feel it and you're gonna know yeah but that also is talking about how to get out of one which i think is important and like questions that i always see floating around the interwebs is okay cool we've recognized we're in a toxic relationship with whoever it may be how do i get out of one i think that's a great point is like if you already have owned your side you've done all these things and this person is still gaslighting you is still just accusing Mm -hmm. you of things still being manipulative you have to have enough self-awareness and strength to yank yourself out of it and i think for me you know now especially now that like i talk about certain instances in my past relationship more openly i was talking about it with a friend of mine recently who was there throughout the whole thing and she was like she called me back like the next day and was like i just feel so guilty like i just didn't know and i was like dude you like they knew some of it they knew he was shitty but they just didn't like know the detail like the the dark details and i told her some of the dark details and she was like i just feel so bad like if i would have known i was like what would you have done i would have stayed with him I went to yeah. Hoffman and I stayed with him. So yeah, that I think is like the the catalyst for me in it was genuinely working on myself and taking full accountability for any piece that I had played in the toxicity of it all, which I don't even know if toxicity is a word, but I love saying it. So I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, yeah, for sure. It is, in, it is in our world. It is in our world. And that is what 
like I tried the distancing myself from him emotionally and physically that didn't work you know I I worked on you know random self-care that didn't work like I involved an expert in terms of going to Hoffman and in retrospect that part worked and the accountability worked because even though when I left Hoffman I still got back together with him for three months because I had involved an expert <laughs> because I had involved an expert and then was like deeply 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 during that time of involving that expert was deeply focused on accountability and weeding out all of my negative patterns and behaviors I literally feel like a piece of myself died like I got rid of every part of me like all of that darkness that lived in me that he fed off of that like Mm. we were obsessed with like this this roller coaster like screaming at each other like who can be more manipulative in the span of an hour Mm -hmm. when I got back from Hoffman even though we got back together when the arguing started happening I didn't have it in me so it inevitably started happening again because he didn't change and I just I so acutely remember just this one fight that we had this was like it was it was the beginning of the end like we had this fight and he was yelling at me he stormed out of my apartment he slammed the door then he was like banging on my door to let him back in he came back in crying you know like all apologetic and I just was sitting in fetal position in my bed just sobbing and I was like I can't I I can't I do not have it in me to scream at you I don't have it in me like I it's it's gone like that piece Mm -hmm. of me this part of me is dead and we broke up like a week later and we knew that that was different like I knew it in my gut that that was different Mm -hmm. and that and that was when I was finally able to let go because I took accountability for my shit you got chills (laughs) I took accountability for my shit and I didn't like he didn't have a a boxing partner anymore you know what I mean like it was just how were you able to get out of yours well i i have one quick follow-up question because then i'll tell you mine but do you feel like you ever had maybe that was it maybe it wasn't do you feel like you ever had a light bulb aha moment of this is toxic slash abusive or do you feel like it was a slow burn because i i don't think i had an aha moment i think it was a lot of small realizations over time and i think if i had an aha moment it would have been a lot i don't know if it would have been easier or not i don't, but i almost um... don't think you figured these out in ahas do you know what though like i i figured it out early on and i stayed because i i excused it because we mm. were together for four years and on Shit. and off and mine was like eight or nine months and after year one like barely into year one like maybe like nine months in we broke up for the first time and i didn't know that all of these behaviors were wrong until i started talking about it with my friends and i would talk about it with my mom because i wasn't ashamed because i thought it was normal I thought relationships were meant to be this this wild. And my mom brought me back to Miami. She flew me home from college and like gave me that book Aww. that I've talked to you about, the verbally yeah. abusive relationship. And she was yeah. like, you need to read this. And literally every, there's like a checklist in the beginning. Like I checked off everything on the list. So like I was aware of what I was in. I think I was not aware of the trauma it would cause because mm-hmm. I think that if I knew how much that relationship would then impact me in the rest of my life and how you know three years out i'm still deeply physically triggered by things like i don't think i would have stayed but i also was not i wouldn't 
accept the fact that I wasn't going to marry him. So I was like, I never, that never even crossed my mind of like, this is going to impact me because I just thought I'd be with him forever. But I don't think that recognize, I don't know if like the aha moment gets you out. I think it's like, you have to have the aha moment, but then you have to couple it with like owning your shit. And if it's, if it's, again, this is us just trying to talk about toxic relationships. If we're talking about abuse, like it's not necessary, it's not owning your shit. It's, it's acknowledging that you are a victim and getting your and yes. getting help to get you the fuck out of there and if you're being physically abused and hurt there are we should list a hotline in the episode notes here there are other means that you I don't to, know so, the I don't know the domestic abuse hotline number off the right. top of my head but we will absolutely look it up we'll put but it so in the show this notes. is where it gets complicated for mm-hmm. me though because I do think it was toxic in terms of there was behaviors I saw, like I had one specific aha moment where it was very clear that he had been lying to me and like threatening my health and blah, blah, blah. But I stayed after. So I, I do think that I played a role, but I also did experience very, like you, like moments of very clear things that were abusive. So this is where it gets hard for me in terms of that aha moment versus if you're in an abusive relationship, the aha moment is knowing that like this has nothing to do. With, I feel like mine's a little bit of both. Like this is where it's, these things, these issues are so complex and these behaviors are complex and these behaviors can be very subtle so yes for mine this relationship lasted i told you like eight or nine months the first three of those were gorgeous like i thought about my person i thought i was gonna move like i i and then all of a sudden i remember one day him having a not full breakdown but kind of this moment and being like what's going on why are you being weird like what's happening and him saying to me i haven't been showing myself the real you and i feel like when i do you're gonna leave and I was like, "What? I've we're having such a great time together. Like, I want you to feel safe with me. Like, him him making that so that I wasn't making I him just feel safe chills. and comfortable, so and I was gonna leave. And then he started showing his real self, and his real self was abusive to me. But then I was the one that was gonna leave because he was finally being him real, his real self, and I couldn't accept that. Right. Oh my God, Meta. That just do you know what me I mean, nauseous. though? But so right. But so like, there's there's these things where. It's so subtle. It's so it's, subtle. And it's uh, so manipulative. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so deeply manipulative. And and that's the thing is, like, I said it to my therapist. I was like, you know, this is why, like, I want to have these conversations. And, this, and she's like, well, unfortunately, I was like, so people can figure it out sooner. And she goes, well, unfortunately, these things don't start showing themselves until you're already kind of in it. Yeah. Because then they start to feel comfortable. So mine, same thing. Mine, we started dating in the summer and it was glorious summer going into my college mm. my first year of college it was so much fun and it wasn't it literally was like i touched out in dc and it was like pff, shit at the yeah. end like it was immediate um so how'd you pull yourself out should we talk about the process of what getting out looks like and what healing looks like okay so like when it comes to when it comes to getting out of a toxic relationship because yes. now we, okay we've acknowledged his behaviors there are so many different things that you can do. So like I said, I had tried distancing myself emotionally and physically. It didn't necessarily work for me. There were other things at play. I did the but same I thing. Think, but I, I think we that broke is, up for a little bit. I came back for a little bit. You know, that it but, happens. But that was also because we were we were with romantic partners where I think it gets a lot trickier. So I think when it comes to like friends, family, mm. like situations like that, this could be really valuable to someone because then you're able to sort of weave their voice out of your head and hear yourself a lot more clearly. It's easier to gain perspective when you're not in the thick of it, you know, even if it's Absolutely. like slight, even if, you know, you don't pull yourself immediately out of the relationship because of it, you probably every time you distance yourself did gain a little bit more clarity. Absolutely. Okay. I did. 
I yeah, definitely so did, did I. And so because because I. I even remember the very last time we met up, we like met up at a bar. And I remember just looking at him and kind of laughing and him being like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, oh, no reason in my head. I was like, you dumb bitch. This isn't different. And it, it was like the point where in real time I looked at him. I was like this. Oh, my God. I can't wait to leave this bar and never see you ever again. <laughs> yeah. Did you but ever? So, no, not after that. Did you ever run blocked into him? him off everything? No, I blocked him off everything. His the girl that he dated after him uh, found me on Instagram a year and a half later and messaged me like I've been abused by him and he was dating me while dating the ex before you at the same time. And what was your experience? And did this happen? Mm. And like this whole big thing. And I remember going to Aaron and I responded to her once and then she tried messaging me over Instagram over and over and over where I was like this is so triggering and traumatizing to me yeah, and like can't. I don't know who you are I didn't ask to be reached out to like I don't I, I I could not do it you can't like trauma bond with this person that you don't know right right okay involving an expert this is always our favorite answer <laughs> <laughs> literally please just go to therapy call a just hotline therapy. like that is so helpful and so validating to hear an actual licensed professional look at you and be like no, that's not normal. No, that's not healthy. You're okay. Take a beat to feel those feelings. And now let's figure out how to get like that. That was liberating for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, taking accountability is the next one, which is what we talked about, which I think is so important because if you stop contributing your negative behaviors, they're not going to have anyone to argue with anymore. And that's hard and slow and it'll take a long time. And Gabby and I still go to therapy about it today. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that, that's a, that's a long con one. Yeah, these are all sort of long common ones. Like the one here listed is focus on self-care. Like what does that even mean? Okay. You know what I like yeah. like self-care means so many different things. I just think like overarching theme here is if you're if you're taking care of yourself and you're doing your own work, you are going to become so much more acutely aware of everything else around you and the the work that other people need to do and I feel like it'll just become easier to be like I don't need this. I'm going to pluck myself so situation. here's a good example of how I did that. So I went to that bar. I had that moment. I left and I had a long conversation walking along the beach on a hike with my godmom. And she looked at me and was like, honestly, like you need to take the space to figure out, take the time to truly be alone, to figure out what's important to you and what you need for yourself. And she had said that to me a couple times before, but for after this relationship, I heard it. So I left that bar, never talked to him again. And for the next eight or nine months, I decided I wasn't going to talk to anyone. I wasn't going to flirt. I wasn't going to have a crutch. I, w I wouldn't even flirt with someone. So that this really cute guy was like sending me sexy Snapchats. That's how long ago this was when Snapchat was still a thing. And I thought, I'm done. Like, I don't want a crutch. I don't want to talk to anyone. I, I want to be lonely and get comfortable being lonely and learn how to transform that into getting to know myself and being comfortable being alone and truly loving every aspect of being of who I am on my own first so that when someone comes in they're only contributing to what I already have going on they're the cherry on top of the cake they're not the, they're cake. the cherry on top of the cake and I waited nine months and then I left where I was living in Oakland and I had to move home and this whole that's a whole other story and I moved home three days later, started a new job. And the first person that walked in the door was fucking Aaron Basilla. Oh my God. I just got chills. And so there, you That's know what, what I mean? But you do take that. I really consciously took the time. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to flirt. I'm going to be lonely as much as I can because I want to get comfortable in myself, by myself, who I am and what I'm it's doing. It's the way And right when it. I feel like I figured that out, he literally came dancing in the door. 
That's literally and quite literally dancing. Oh, he definitely was too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But see, that's what's so important. And it's like, that's, that's what happened to me. Like I, yeah. when we broke up in September of 2018, like when I tell you, I threw myself into work, not in like a distracting way, just like I'm going to fucking excel in my career. Mm-hmm. I took care of myself. I wasn't going on dates. I wasn't like, yeah, I would hook up with people every now and again, but like I was just, it was Gabby time. I gained weight yeah. in a good way where yes. I was just like eating whatever I wanted. I was watching so much TV. I was self-carrying it up. And because I, my whole thing was like, I won't be able to survive. My life is going to suck without this person. And then realizing like what weight was lifted off me, how good mm. I felt every day. Like not only did I survive, but I felt better. I think once you have that clarity, that's why that distance that we said earlier is so important because oftentimes that's what happens is like we think that like there's nothing better on the other side. But then when you have that time to like, I'm not talking like a week, like when you really have that time to see like, oh, it's actually going to be better. That's when you distance have the clarity. Distance gives you of, hindsight. Absolutely. And we need that hindsight. And that's, that's what happened to me because when, once once I was able to sort of distance myself, that's when, and then after, you know, it didn't happen as quickly as what you happened with Aaron. But interestingly enough, like what what started happening is that I started going on dates here and there and Mm -hmm. then I just started enjoying it. Like I was having Mm -hmm. fun, but I hadn't had that level of closure. Like that moment that you had at the bar where you like laughed at him and you were like, oh, this is the same. Right. That came for me. Well, I got that a year later, kind of. Okay. Okay. So one full year later, we hadn't spoken. We hadn't seen each other. Nothing. We um, saw each other in Miami. And Mm -hmm. I had tried to reach out to him once before to like have that closure. And he said, no, he said he wouldn't see me. Then like, I think it was probably like three months, four months later, I was in Miami working and he reached out to me and that's when we saw each other. And I had that same moment where I was just sitting there looking at him and just being like, bitch, like, I felt like I was a third party watching myself. You don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, because my whole thing was, I was so scared I was going to be in love with him forever. And I just sat there and I was like, he kissed me. I was like, I was disgusted. I was like, I feel like I'm making out with my brother. Like, it just Ugh. was this gross feeling of you don't, you have no idea the life yeah. and path that I'm on. Like, you don't know me at all. The girl that you dated is dead. Like, she is not here. Yes. Goodbye. And yes. I remember I sobbed on the way home because... I was just so relieved that I would never love that I wasn't in love with him anymore. Like I was just so, so, so relieved. And, you know, mm-hmm. while I got that answer, I didn't get the full closure because, you know, I still got the, the, I'm sorry, but like, I still got the, like, I'm so course, sorry I course. hurt you, but like, why would you never still date me? And I was like, <laughs> the fact that you just asked me that is making my body like convulse, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so okay, I got, sure. I got half, I got half the closure. Right. But, but then that was in December of 2019. So then like right after that, you know, the pandemic obviously quickly happened after that. And like, that's when it came into my life. And I remember for those who believe in astrology and all these things, I met with an astrologist and she had asked me like, what did you let, did you let go of something in December? I remember. And I said, yes. You I didn't tell say, me about this girl. I freaked yeah. out. I yeah. freaked out when she said this. And I had just started dating this time. It was probably like a month mm-hmm. into my relationship. It's like June. Mm-hmm. She goes, whatever you released in December. She goes, you don't need to tell me what it was. Whatever you released allowed you to energetically level up, basically, because she said you were so energetically tied to this person that you were just cut off from everything else and you were just on their level Mm -hmm. because you were so tied to them. But when you cut that tie, it allowed you to level up. And she goes, if you haven't met this person, they're about to come into your life. Whoever is on your frequency, like this person is stepping into your life. And I was like in month one of dating. 
And that's what I felt when I met him, where I was like, energetically, you are my equal. You've given you know? me chills, like full body chills at least four times this conversation. Girl, same. But it's it's really <laughs> wild how that happens. Like the law of attraction is so real. So look, whatever tangent I just went on, the one thing I want people to take away from it is that if you truly actually do the work on yourself, have faith that mm-hmm. there's always going to be something better on the other side. And mm-hmm. even if you're alone for a second, that time being alone is so much more of a relief of having to babysit somebody else's feelings all the time. And precious, because even when you get in that relationship that you love and you're so excited to be in, like you wouldn't be who you were and you wouldn't be ready for it if you don't have that time alone. So be know that if that if you do want a relationship on the other side, because I don't think everyone has to be in one forever. I don't think. No. You know what I mean? But if if that is something that you're looking for and that's like the big concern and you don't want to be alone because of that, trust me, that that time will come. So revel in this alone time and level up. Get ready. Yeah. Cut yourself off from people. I know that when it's when it has to do with family um, and, and coworkers and things like that, like where there's just more weird dynamics, it's definitely more difficult. And I hear you and I have compassion for you. And I would love to do a family dynamics episode. I think we should do that because you and I have very unique family dynamics, I would say. Yeah, I think I would love to do that. So I, I, I hear you, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that it is more difficult. It's not as being as simple as like dump them, you know, do that. I exactly. get that there's things to navigate, but if there's anything I want people to take away from this is just to, you know, you are valuable, you are special, you are unique and do not let anybody tell you otherwise dim your shine or bring out that nastiness in you because that's what these relationships did. Not only the romantic one, the toxic friendships that I was in, those relationships brought out a side of me that I hate. It was like feeding your shadow. Yes. Rather than working on your shadow and accepting and loving it and then integrating it into trying to change your behaviors, it was feeding that shadow to just make it like such a nasty and bigger part of you. Exactly. And I think shadow don't feed your shadow. And also when we talk about toxic relationships and not abusive relationships and the accountability it takes, when expressing that accountability know that having compassion for someone else does not mean that you have to accept their behaviors say it again i'm gonna repeat that over and over because ever since you said that that just sung to my soul yeah yes ma'am that's the thesis statement of that this is our episode. thesis statement this was fun this was fun i uh i also feel like wow we really were unpacking a lot I think we unpacked a lot. I think we unpacked a lot. I think there's a lot of meat here. I hope that this was helpful to anyone, at least to make you not feel alone. And of course, as we always say, like we're learning real time with everyone. So as this was abundantly clear in this episode, we're still confused about the levels of toxicity (laughs) versus abuse. And we're still putting everything. I think we've experienced toxic relationships in a lot of other places, although our main ones are obviously going to come from these two big relationships that rocked our world. But so if we want to get into that more specifically, if we should bring a therapist on and talk about abuse, if we should have a totally different episode about family dynamic, like we can, we can get into each one of the tangents we had in a full episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Let us know. Meadow and I love feedback. Nice feedback. Be constructive, you know? Nice feedback because don't tear apart my personality. I'm just a little sensitive this week. We're just trying our best. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you for sharing. I love you so much. This was great. I'll talk to you right now. So cute. Can't wait. We all got it. We all got it. I love you. 
I love you.